Introducing the Soul Collection by Brilliant Earth, the global leader in ethically sourced fine jewelry. Designed for everyday elegance, this exclusive new collection features timeless rings and bracelets, made with recycled gold and silver, and adorned with beyond-conflict-free diamonds to celebrate your unique style and story. Energizing and iconic, the Soul Collection reflects what makes Brilliant Earth a beacon in the industry. Recognizable design, careful craftsmanship, and an unwavering commitment to quality, sustainability, and transparency. Drawing inspiration from the warmth and energy of the sun, soul is more than jewelry. It's an expression of your personality. Find the pieces that resonate with you and discover a radiant addition to your forever collection. The Soul Collection, available exclusively at Brilliant Earth. Be light. Be you. New on Curiosity Stream. I'm James Burke. I'm going to take you on a journey through time. James Burke's visionary series returns, reimagined for our time. Now, this is all uncharted territory. The Washington Post hails Burke as one of the most intriguing minds in the Western world. The New York Times raves he careens from one great moment in history to another. Where do we want to go from here? Experience all new connections. So what's the next connection? With monthly, annual, and bundled plans, find the one that works for you at curiositystream.com. Back for another year of USC content right here at awesomeo.com. Of course, I am Jason Foy. As always, I am joined by the fighter Pete Rogers Jr. We're here to break down UFC Vegas 46, which goes down on Saturday. This is a fight card that has gone through some changes already. Of course, uh, everyone, whether we're playing MMA, basketball, whatever the sport is, we all know about health and safety protocols that has hit the UFC this week. We'll talk about that as we do go on. But Pete, happy new year to you. Great to finally be back. It's been about a month since we've been here. Great to, I'm, I'm Jones at first at MMA, but uh, I, I, we're at 10. I, I, I'm, how low are we going on fights this week? I don't even want to talk negative, Jason. We're back. Thanks for joining us, guys. Happy to have another year of UFC fights. Um, extremely grateful for the opportunity, working with Awesomeo, providing content for you guys. Jason and I absolutely love doing what we do. Um, but let's be real. This, this card has been through the ringer, and it's been hit from Maine to Spain. You got dropouts. You got COVID protocols. You got um, some fights being pushed back. Let's hope for the best, right? Let's hope for you know, nine plus fights. Anytime you get lower than 10 fights, obviously the, uh, the combinations become less and uh, it, it becomes more of a very careful, methodical card that you have to navigate through. So I, I'm interested to hear your take on some of these fights, but all in all, just genuinely excited to be back to break down fights again between all MMA. It's just been like too long of an absence for me. Like I, I get it, you know, a week, but man, four weeks. It was, it was a damn near month. It was, it was too much. Of course, we appreciate everyone that's already in the chat. Uh, of course, you got any questions, line those up right there. Yeah. I was thinking about kind of my strategy and we're going to see what happens with Brito. That that's kind of the, the mm -hmm. one unknown at this point, uh, inconclusive COVID test yesterday, his entire team will get retested. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, Bill Algeo, obviously he had, he had kind of mentioned, he's like, you know what? Brito can't be in there. I'm down to be a backup for, for the main event here. So we'll see how it goes there. But as I'm thinking about strategy and, and, and if we were to lose one fight, we get down to nine fights. That's where stacking is going to become a big part of our, our yep. thought process. You know, we're not big stackers in terms of MMA, but when you start to get, you know, nine fights and less, that's gotta be a part of the thought process. If we do get to that, obviously everyone's going to want to stack the main event. I think 
a way to get different is going to be looking at potential other fights. And that's where I think you guys start looking at where are fights that can have takedowns, which if we do get down to even, even to 10 fights, that Algeo Brito fight is a fight that I'm really looking at, at stacking because I think that is kind of when you're looking to get different, that may be a way to get different on this slate. Yeah, it's a great point, Jason. And, uh, you know, whenever we get to a, a, a position where we have to start really incorporating stacking fights, you want to target the correct fights. So obviously you don't want to target fights that are going to end inside the distance, right? Like that's probably not the best path. You need fights to get stretched out, you know, go beyond two and a half rounds so that both players in, within your lineup can really pay off that salary and get you, you know, into the optimal lineup. Um, so pace, um, also just like well-rounded fighters where they can incorporate takedowns or guys that are good at getting back to their feet. So typically you would say that heavyweight MMA would not be the, the optimal stack. It would be more of a, a stacking the lighter weight classes, like the WEC stack, we can call it where it's 155 pounds and under target those fights where you're going to see, you know, upped volume, more pace, mm -hmm. more pressure stuff that can really, you know, you know, just churn out fantasy points for us. So we'll have to see how it goes. I hope that we don't have another cancellation, but it is what it is. And we will adjust accordingly. Uh, Matt uh, asking in the chat about the uh, Pahea, uh andre Fijo matchup. Yes, that fight has been confirmed. A lot of these fights that, have, that were supposed to be on this card that, got, that have been moved to other cards, a lot of them, are being moved to next week at UFC 270. So we're going to have a, a, you know, a big lineup. And, and I think what you're going to see the UFC do here, I think you're going to start to see more 14, 15 type mm -hmm. fight cards in case there are cancellations. So they maybe still end up with 11, 12 fights. But Pete, uh, we, let's get right into this. Of course, we are sponsored by Prize Picks. We'll tell you a, bit, a little bit more about Prize Picks later on in the show. Of course, if you're already joining us here on YouTube, be sure to smash that like button. That helps our ego out a lot. A lot uh, and of course, it also helps out the algorithm as well. So be sure to do that course so we got a ton of great programming for you each and every day if you're like me i'm always watching all of our nba content to get ready for the nba contest of tonight and of course speaking of nba the free premium data and tools over also.com today include nba main slate ownership projections also nhl player rankings are free on the site as well and of course the nhl strategy show will be coming up after us but pete the main event giga kaze take it on calvin cater calvin cater first fight in a year uh, since that loss against Max Holloway, Giga 7-0 in the UFC has been an absolute tear coming off a big win against Edson Barboza. And as I think about this fight, Pete, to me, it comes down to one word, and it's range. This is a striker's delight type fight. And to me, if you tell me this fight is going to play out at a boxing range, I I'm looking to get to Calvin Cater. If you tell me this thing plays at kickboxing range, I think it's Chikaze's fight to lose. But I think there are some factors in this fight that could make it very interesting, especially if that Calvin Corner utilizes takedowns. Yeah, so, I mean, this is such an amazing main event, right? You have a guy in Calvin Cater who has definitely fought the tougher competition up to this point. You have Giga Chikaze who has fought typically low-level competition outside the UFC. And I, I wouldn't say it's an easy path within the UFC, he's had some favorable matchups and he's been able to really showcase his skills because of the matchups. Now, um, as you start to take out the Edson Barbosas of the world, you're really, you know, climbing that, that ladder pretty rapidly. So now you're going to run into a guy in Calvin Cater who does have some high level experience and some high level skills. Now, 
I agree with you. I think that this fight is extremely close because it all comes down to the range. Um, if you allow Giga Chikaze to stay at kicking range where he's able to, you know, let off excellent combinations, a lot of kick oriented, you know, combinations, not the strongest puncher by any means, but he incorporates hands into legs pretty well. But at kicking range, he's going to have a ton of success if Calvin Cater just chooses to be on the outside and sit there. If Calvin Cater crowds the kicker, which is exactly what if I was in the corner of Calvin Cater and you know that he has, you know, sharp minds surrounding him, a part of the New England cartel, you, you, they're going to incorporate the correct game plan. It's going to be we have to pressure him backwards. So Calvin Cater has to really close the gap between the two. Anytime there's a gap, it's going to favor uh, Giga Chikaze because your legs are longer than your, than your arms. So Giga Chikaze is going to want to maintain that distance, similar to how a, a Stephen Wonderboy Thompson does. But Calvin Cater really needs to you know, press him backwards. A lot of fighters are not the same going backwards. And once you really crowd the kicker, you're now into boxing range. But also, with, when you're in boxing range, these combinations can lead to clinching. And guess what? Clinch Giga Chikaze against the cage. Weigh on him a little bit. Test that cardio. Um, possibly zap the energy out of him. Because I will tell you that you know, throwing kicks demands high energy. So a guy that has such a kick-oriented style is going to need his cardio. And up until you start to really deal with adversity, of course you're going to have cardio. But how do you deal with that adversity? And I also think that Calvin Cater's wrinkle, where he can really make a difference in this fight, is showcasing some of that underrated wrestling and grappling. Now, I'm not expecting him to go out there and ragdoll Giga Chikadze. I'm expecting him to, you know, clinch with him. If the uh, opportunity presents itself, you know, land in top position, control Giga Chikadze, zap some of that energy, incorporate some ground and pound. But I will tell you, Giga's not the same fighter when he's on the mat. And that, that goes for a lot of specialists. And he's a specialist on the feet. So take him to where he's he can't kick you. So put him on his back, really test that grappling. We, we even saw it on uh, Dana White's Contender Series where he is susceptible to getting controlled and submitted. So I know a lot of people are extremely heavy on Giga Chikadze. The, the salaries to me just make no sense. 9300 to 6900 that's just completely disrespectful for, uh, to Calvin Cater. I'll say that Calvin Cater is one of the best values on the slate given the five-round nature of the, of the bout. But in addition to that, just his well-rounded skill set, he hasn't really shown it in the cage, but I like Calvin Cater's value. I really do. 6,900, I'm going to have plenty of him. Uh, Giga Chikaze, more of a round one, round two type of guy. So uh, give me Cater. You know, I, I do like the value in, in Calvin Cater in, in this one because of that, that price tag. Of course, as we do this show here on Thursday, just after 1 o'clock Eastern time, we don't have FanDuel salaries out there, so we'll see what those FanDuel salaries end up being. But, you know, you look at, at Giga, one of the things from a DFS perspective that you do like is the fact of five straight fights. He's got at least one knockdown in those mm -hmm. fights. I mentioned about coming off that win against Barboza. Prior to that, win against Cub Swanson. You know, for Calvin Cater on the other side, Pete, to me, it's a question of how does he bounce back after – Max Holloway landed 447 total strikes in a 25-minute fight. Max threw over 700 strikes in a 25-minute fight. How do you bounce back? It's been almost a, a year to the date from his fight against Max Holloway. And, uh, you know, look, I would say this. I think if you are going to put some cash lineups in, 
Calvin Cater is going to make. I mean, look, there's because of the changes we've had, roster construction is not going to be difficult this week because if you want to throw in a Calvin Cater and then you want to throw in a TJ Browns at 7,100, you can go get whoever you want. So to me, this is one of these weeks. And by the way, ownership projections have been updated over at Osmo.com. So if you're an Osmo Plus member, you can check out that. Alex just updated that about uh, 15 minutes ago. So you can check out that. Of course, uh, the only salary that we do not have right now uh, on DraftKings is Kevin Kroom, of course, took this fight yesterday morning, taking the fight on four days notice. Of course, he's got teammates on this card in Joseph Holmes. And TJ Brown, TJ Brown has been trained there at Glory MMA and Fitness. And for anyone who's watched us for any length of time, you know how much we do like that Glory MMA team. Uh, Mike, uh, appreciate you in the super chat. If you got a question about anything with your super chat, uh, just let me know. We'll get your question in there as well. But uh, I, you know, to me, I'm going to be sprinkled both sides of the main event. And if we're nine fights or less, to me, I'm looking at stacking this fight. But let's move on here. Co-main event is a heavyweight matchup. Kind of surprising with this fight as, as a co-main event, but it's what they've gone with here. Jake Collier taking on Chase Sherman, 8,500 for Jake Collier, 7,700 for Chase Sherman. I mentioned this question to you in a text earlier this week. Who do you trust more? I think the answer is Jake Collier, but this is one of those fights that if you tell me Chase Sherman knocks him out in the first round, would it be shocked? If you tell me Jake Collier grinds his way to a three-round decision, would it be shocked? I, I, I feel like this is a fight that we have to prioritize because it is heavyweight MMA. But man, I don't feel good either way, Pete. Yeah, I don't, I don't think the word trust and low-level heavyweights kind of go hand in hand. So I, I would definitely never associate trust either of these guys, especially in the same sentence as uh, low-level heavyweights. So, I mean, I'm interested because Jake Collier is kind of like, uh, you know, having a resurgence within his career. He comes back to the UFC, and, uh, you know, when he comes back to the UFC, he was handed a very, very difficult matchup in my boy, Tom Aspinall, and you obviously saw Tom Aspinall's, you know, his just skill set just completely on display. And then uh, he bounces back against Jean Vellante with pretty high volume for for heavyweight. Um, in addition to that, he also just dropped a split decision to Carlos Felipe, had pretty high volume, threw 100, landed 130 significant strikes in a three-round bout. I really like what I've seen from uh, Jay Collier, and um, it's basically because he's a former middleweight who has presented that volume in the heavyweight division. Yeah, he's just a little thicker and a little heavier now, but he still fights similar to how he was back in 2017. Um, you know, it, it's it's interesting to me, and I, I really do like uh, just how he has that little light heavyweight, middleweight type of style to him. Jay Collier um, and Chase Sherman probably go tit for tat here with combinations. Uh, Chase Sherman a little bit less mobile than, than Jay Collier is, where I think Jake can start to incorporate some interesting combinations. Uh, hands and legs, they both bury leg kicks, which will be interesting in this bout. But I like the movement, the evasiveness of Jake Collier. He doesn't stand there for, for you know, to receive some shots from his opponent. Whereas Chase Sherman, his head is right on the center line, and he's there to receive you know counters all day long. Um, I think that Jake Collier will probably end up stretching this fight out, and this will be a uh, a rare time where heavyweights end up going the distance. But uh, you know, Chase Sherman throughout his career has been extremely inconsistent. And I really do like what I've seen from Jake Collier, even though it's a small sample size with his return in the heavyweight division. And, uh, you know, Tom Aspinall, Jean Vellante, Carlos Felipe, 
say what you want, but I think Carlos Felipe is pretty talented and he arguably won that fight. So give me Jake, Jake Collier in the matchup. Um, you know, 8,500, I think is fair because of the, the low amount of fights. I'll, I'll have exposure to it more so than I would normally, but, uh, Jake Collier, 8,500, I think that he can go out there and just, uh, put a tremendous amount of volume on Chase Sherman en route to a decision victory. Mention this question we got in our Discord chat a little earlier today uh, from Sam Castle Dance. Does Chase, does Chase Sherman suck so bad that it doesn't matter he's at Sanford MMA? New on Curiosity Stream. I'm James Burke. I'm going to take you on a journey through time. James Burke's visionary series returns, reimagined for our time. Now, this is all uncharted territory. The Washington Post hails Burke as one of the most intriguing minds in the Western world. The New York Times raves he careens from one great moment in history to another. Where do we want to go from here? Experience all new connections. So what's the next connection? With monthly, annual, and bundled plans, find the one that works for you at curiositystream.com. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Okay, so you know that everybody knows I love Glory MMA and I love Sanford MMA. And those are powerhouse gyms in my opinion because you have specialists coaches you have henry hooft you know specializing in all the striking classes um in addition to that you got tyrone spong you got all these notable names then you also have phenomenal wrestling uh greg jones so like the coaches are there the teammates are there but sometimes the skills don't translate into the cage and uh i i don't like saying anybody sucks because you know this is mma and uh you know it's just a little brutal of a, a way to put it i'll say that chase sherman they're, they're low-level heavyweights, and just because he's out of Sanford MMA does not make me want to blindly pick him. I'm still going to pick the better fighter in this situation, and I do think that Jake Collier, oddly enough, is the better fighter, and I'm going to pick him even though he's at 8,500. Here is my only concern about this matchup for Jake Collier is kind of the athleticism of Chase Sherman being able to move in and out, how much that could affect him in there. I mean, like, look, I think from a GPP aspect, I don't mind getting Chase Sherman because if Chase Sherman is going to win this fight, I think he's knocking him out in the first seven and a half minutes beat but if you tell me this fight's hitting the third round yeah i'm all over jay collier because one of the things we have to see with jay collier is that volume can increase as a fight goes on yeah so i actually will uh slightly disagree with your point i'll just say that i think jay collier even though he doesn't look to be more athletic he moves more athletically than i think chase sherman i think chase sherman's a little bit more of a plotter and uh looks more like a traditional heavyweight whereas you know, Jake Collier looks like that middleweight, light heavyweight guy who has a little bit more spring to his step. And, uh, you know, over time, we have seen Chase Sherman not really deal with damage so, so well. Uh, but I will agree with you that if a finish happens, I'll probably think that Chase Sherman found his way into a knockout victory. But I like Jake Collier in the matchup. 
Yeah, it, it's a matchup. I mean, look, as you said, it's low-level heavyweight MMA, mm-hmm. and so we'll see what happens there. Of course, this is the Gospel MMA Strategy Shows. We're getting you ready for UFC Vegas number 46, which goes down on Saturday. Myself and Peely back here on Saturday for Live Before Lock. I do want to let you know, of course, this weekend is Super Wild Card Weekend in the NFL. We've got a great promo going on over at awesomeo.com that goes through Monday, January 17th, as you get our NFL Express Weekly Pass for only one dollar we use the promo code super wild at checkout that's one word all caps super wild to activate one dollar nfl express weekly pass gives you access to player ownership rankings for all nfl slates and everything we have for offer for showdown and single game contests including player projections ownership projections and our top plays tool again that's super wild at checkout for this great promo we got going on here for Super Wild Card Weekend. Of course, uh, I'll be at Raymond James Stadium on Sunday, 1 o'clock, Bucks and Eagles. Looking forward to that one as a playoff season, SZN, is here, Pete. Yes, I can't wait. Uh, I'm extremely excited for some of these matchups and uh, still haven't really put my finger on who, I, who I'm picking to, to win the Super Bowl or even go to the Super Bowl, but I'm, I'm trying to hammer that down before the weekend hits. and. Uh, play something now of course my second favorite fight of this fight card is a fight we're going to talk about next it's a flyweight match between brand roy val and rogerio bontarian 8800 for roy val 7400 for bontarian on the other side here this is just a tremendous matchup but as you look at the tail of the tape Pete, in this one the thing that sticks out clearly to me is that reach advantage that brand does have yeah for sure so i i really love this fight i think that both fighters are extremely skilled um, you can find reasons to back either one of these guys. Rogerio Bontarin is definitely the more powerful of the two with more explosive takedowns. Uh, Brandon Royval is more of a, uh, a slightly high volume guy, um, where he, he uses his length to his advantage, but his sneaky jujitsu is, is the reason why he's so, so, so crafty. Uh, he's able to, you know, threaten with tons of submissions from all areas, scramble in certain situations. And traditionally, Rogerio Bontarin's powerful takedowns and good grappling, you know, poses problems for a lot of fighters. But I feel like both of these guys can somewhat, um, they, they can negate each other a little bit. And you do have Brandon Royval coming off a, a fight against Alessandre Pantoja and Brandon Moreno, two of the most skilled fighters within the division. So he's somewhat faced like a murderer's row within the UFC, Tim Elliott, Kaikara France, Moreno, and Pantoja extremely highly skilled fighters. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Bontarine has faced a little bit softer competition. Um, you know, he still fought some good guys, but I really just feel like a guy in Brandon Royval can, can, uh, negate some of the strengths of Rogerio Bontarine. If this stays on the outside, I do like the striking of Brandon Royval, even though it's his jujitsu, that's his bread and butter. Um, I like Royval's length. I like his craftiness on the mat. I don't really like his, um, I don't like his takedown defense a lot, and I don't really like the takedown defense from either one of these guys because when you're such a you know dominant grappler or a uh, jiu-jitsu specialist, you welcome getting taken down. Um, you did see Tim Elliott land four takedowns, Brandon Moreno two, Alessandre Pantoja three, and he did get submitted against Alessandre Pantoja. But I think that just is more of a credit to Pantoja than Brandon Royval's skill set. I think Brandon Royval is going to be able to uh, – you know, win this fight, honestly. And this is a sneaky fight where I think stacking this one could end up paying off because it's a high high paced fight, right? Like we have flyweights going out there and they're going to 
move move around like little energizer bunnies, throwing throwing strikes like crazy, attempting takedowns, you know, attempting submission attempts, getting out reversals. So all in all, this is one of the sneakiest fights to to stack because of the situation we're in with such low amount of fights on the card. But I am favoring Brandon Royville here, and it really wouldn't surprise me to see him pick up a knockout victory over Rogerio Bontarine, who has been what somewhat susceptible to big shots in the past. You're just over here reading my mind because I was going to tee you up saying, you know what, because of mm-hmm. takedowns, you know, and, and control time, is this one of those other fights that we have to be looking at as a stackable fight that where maybe you're trying to get different from the rest of the field when the rest of the field, if they are trying to stack a fight, they're going towards the main event. Yeah, for sure. And it's like, all right, Jason, you got to stack Brandon Royval 8,800 against Rogerio Bontarine or Caitlin Chukagian 8,900 against Jennifer Maya 7,300. Which one are you going to stack? And clearly to me, it's Brandon Royval against uh, Rogerio Bontarine. Yeah, yeah. By the way, we'll, we'll get into Caitlin Chukagian <laughs> and Jennifer Maya here. I sent you this set here earlier this mm-hmm. week as Caitlin Chukagian has a chance to make a little bit of history, and this is not good history. <laughs> and that history is the fact of if Caitlin Chukagian gets a win on Saturday via decision, she'll become the first fighter in UFC history to earn her first 10 UFC victories via decision. That is not a stat you want to attach to your name. Yeah, I, I wonder who's on the rest of that list. I, I would imagine Dominic Cruz has won a, a handful amount of decisions. Uh, you know, Uriah Faber calling him the decisionator instead of the dominator for years and years. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm interested in this fight. We've already seen it played out. So uh, I don't really know how much is going to be different in this one. Caitlin Jukagan, just a very frustrating style for a lot of fighters within that division. Here's the thing, I think, if you go back to their first fight, late in that fight, Jennifer Maya got a takedown. I think that is really the key for her early on in this fight is to make this a grappling matchup. Do not make this out of kickboxing range because that's what Kaylin Chukagian wants. Now, the one thing that you do like about Kaylin Chukagian, even though overall friends don't let friends put let, let you put Kaylin Chukagian in their DFS lineup, is the fact of, there's just, yeah, she has volume, but that's it. You're not you're not really going to expect in takedowns. This is a fight that's likely going to play out over 15 minutes. This could be a fight, you know, if you get the winner right. Like from a GPP aspect, I'd be more looking at the Jennifer Maya aspect because of her potentially going that takedown route to use her jiu-jitsu. Yeah, so if I'm in the corner of Jennifer Maya, obviously you don't want, you know, the fight to go the same way it did the first time. How do we make adjustments? Well, Jennifer Maya needs to close the gap, initiate a clinch, um, and and try to incorporate takedowns earlier uh, if she's able to get a takedown around or even just win two rounds. Now you're talking about possibly stealing a decision. But we've seen in modern-day MMA where if you get taken down and you just kind of blanket opponent for X amount of time and the, the opponent ends up getting back to their feet and they start to land the more damaging shots, effective striking, effectiveness throughout the round, uh, the, landing the more damaging shots, you, you can still see Caitlin Chukagian end up with the victory. So it's not necessarily a given that some, a fighter who's going to land a takedown and some control time is going to walk away with the, uh, with the decision. We've seen in modern MMA where judges are different and it all comes down to who's going to be judging that fight. But I will tell you that Caitlin Jukagian, it, it gives me some hope even more so because I think that she has some underrated grappling, underrated jujitsu, underrated wrestling. Uh, her husband or fiance is a phenomenal wrestler in his own right, but she's also been working with uh, Gregor Gillespie, which I think is interesting. And, uh, you know, they, they train 
pretty frequently together. And mm-hmm. if you needed to work on your wrestling, there's probably not a better guy to work with, uh, you know, in the UFC at the moment than Gregor Gillespie. So uh, I like what I've seen from Caitlin Chikigian. I think uh, it's going to be the same. She's going to stay on the outside. She's going to pick apart Jennifer Maya. Um, in addition to her good combinations and, and good hands and legs, she just has unique movement and she's able to utilize her length to her advantage in a lot of these fights. So it's a Caitlin Jukagian decision for me. I would absolutely be shocked if Caitlin Jukagian is able to pull off a, a victory and get a finish. Um, but yeah, it's, it's Jukagian, despite the 8,900 price tag, she's probably going to you know walk away with the decision. Yeah, yeah. Just look at that prop bet, Kayla Shakey for your decision. I, I actually, I want to say it was like a minus two hundred, which I was actually surprised right. it wasn't uh, higher yeah. than that. But uh, now we've got some interesting nicknames on this fight card. Yeah. You know, Brand Royval Raw Dog, by the way, got it from a fan, and it, that was in the crowd. But our next matchup, so we Jeez. have got Harry Bush against Slavoklaus. Slavoklaus. The striking coach of Team Alpha Male. This is his official UFC debut, winning on the Contender Series. And, of course, Dakota Bush. This is a clash of styles here, Pete. Yeah. Dakota Bush is a wrestler. This is who he is. And, of course, uh, Borshev, even though he is at Team Alpha Male, he is a striker, has heavy hands. At some point, someone is going to threaten him with the wrestling. I just don't know if Dakota Bush is that guy. Well, I mean, I'm interested in this fight. I, I think that I view this fight as a GPP priority just because of the knockout ability of uh, Vacheslav Borshev. Um, and, you know, he's he has phenomenal skills. But on the flip side, he has terrible takedown defense. And coming from uh, Team Alpha Male, where you're just, you know, filled with sparring partners who have good wrestling, uh, you know, it's a positive. But we haven't really seen it translate into the cage like I, i've gone through his regional tape uh the dana white's contender series he's not the same guy and it's just because he's green when it comes to mma and like yeah he's had 250 300 striking matches or something ridiculous like that when it's on the feet he looks good he has a high guard he shells up he puts combinations together well uh the guy is extremely tricky but you can take him out of his element by incorporating takedowns and I do think that a guy in Dakota Bush, you know, cross training with, with Gloria MMA as well. So like, it's interesting because we saw him against Austin Hubbard on short notice. And when you're on short notice, you're, that's not too, that's not mentioned too often, you know, and, and a lot of people somewhat forget about that, but to not get finished by Austin Hubbard, um, something that Max Roshkoff can't say, uh, Austin Hubbard is a tough guy, solid takedown the fence, uh, good striking. I didn't think that Dakota Bush looked good, but I also don't want to put a lot of weight into that performance because of it being on short notice. I think that he looked like he gassed himself out. Absolutely. Now, is that a result of just ex- overexerting or is that because he took it on short notice, wasn't really training that hard? I like him here with a full camp, to be honest. And uh, Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the Neural Quantum Processor. Because this is an audio ad, unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. 
If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code get100. That's code get100 at prizepicks.com/get100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Despite me being a striker, I I do like Dakota Bush at 7200. I really do. I I don't think that uh Borshev is the same guy when he's on his back and Dakota Bush has this GPP GPP slate breaking, you know, skills of good control time, um, takedowns, James Krause in the corner. Uh, I I like him here at 7,200 and it kind of surprises me, but all in all, I'll have plenty of Borshev because this is just a GPP priority for me. Uh, uh, I totally get what you're saying there. It's 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 a a, a style a clash style here with Tina Wrestler mm-hmm. and a strike. Of course, this is the also MMA strategy show. We are sponsored by Prize Picks. Of course, you gotta check out everything that Prize Picks has going on over there. You can download in the App Store, Google Play, or play over at PrizePicks.com and be sure to use that promo code Awesomeo as they've got a hundred dollar first match deposit bonus over there and a great the thing that we have going on over there right now. Get one month. Of a one month free of also plus platinum when you sign up and make a deposit at prize picks, you'll receive an email within 24 to 48 hours after you redeem your free month of also plus platinum. And I was looking over at the prize picks props that they have over there for this one. And uh, first off, the significant strikes is the one that sticks out to me. And I'm going to look at a matchup that we just talked about Taylor Chukagian and Jennifer Maya. The prop number of 70 and a half significant strikes landed for Kaylin Chikagian. Oh, I am more on that one. Yeah, I think that she's, you know, started to up her volume as well because she doesn't want to be in close fights. Uh, she landed 73 in their first encounter, but it, I mean, she can throw more when she's needed to. And you saw that in her previous performance against Viviani Araujo, where she scored, where she landed 127 significant strikes. So I'm saying more as well. Also on the significant strikes land, a Giga Chikaze, 58 and a half. I like the over on that one as well. I mean, you, you know, because the thing is, is that we, we saw what the amount of punishment that Calvin took against Max Holloway. And if you think this fight is going to go three, four, five rounds, how do you not play the over on Giga in that spot? Yeah, I think it's going to take some time for Calvin to close that gap, uh, you know, test the cardio of Chikaze. And result, he's going to, you know, land a ton of kicks from from range. Um, so I think it's close because I think Geek is going to be on his back a lot or a pin up against the cage. But I still will agree with you, and I'll say over. Now, when I looked over at the fight time, two of the ones that stuck out to me was Brand Roy Val ten minutes, Giga Chikaze at fifteen. I like the over 15 minutes on Giga. I think this thing's going to hit the fourth round. Uh, the Brand Roy Val one is interesting to me. I could go either way on that one. Well, let's hope let's hope we want more, right? Because if we're going to stack that fight, we can't have it ending under 10 minutes. So um, he definitely has the skills to get first round finishes or second round finishes. But I feel like they're both so well matched that they could end up testing each other and this could end up getting stretched out. So 
Uh, Brandon Royval in his four UFC appearances, round two, round two, round one, round two. So <laughs> if history is going to repeat itself, you will say less, but uh, I'm going to say more, oddly enough. And of course, you can get one free month of Also Plus Platinum when you sign up, deposit, and play over at Prize Picks. Go to Osmo.com slash Prize Picks slash promo. You'll see it there at the top of the screen. Great uh, contest over there. I'll be playing over at Prize Picks this weekend for UFC Vegas number 46. But let's move on down the fight card. Now, we have no idea, Pete, whether this fight's going to happen or yeah. not. Algeo and Brito in this one. Uh, Bill Algeo, 7,600. Brito, 8,600. It's actually one of those uh, very unique weeks uh, on DraftKings where we have two 8,600 fighters and two 7,600 fighters. Uh, but this is one of those ones where, you know, if you are looking at stacking, this is another one I'm looking at with the potential of kind of, you know, some takedown attempts, some ground control, things along those lines. Yeah, so I'm always interested when a UFC newcomer is the favorite and has the the higher salary in a situation like this. So, um, you know, you have a guy in Bill Algio who at 7,600 has fought some tough competition within the UFC, Ricardo Lamas. I thought that he looked pretty damn good in that matchup in some in some, you know, areas. Uh, he scored 54 fantasy points in a loss, was not finished. Uh, got a, a decision victory over Spike Carlisle, scored 85. Um, and then just most recently against uh, Ricardo Hamosh, scored 39 in a loss. And that was definitely not his best performance. Now, this is an extremely interesting matchup. And I view this fight as another GPP priority that I'll have in a lot of my lineups, just given the nature of Joe Anderson Brito, from everything I've seen on the regional scene, this guy is like the perfect blend and mold between a John Lineker and a uh, Davison Figueredo, where he's just, he's a wild man on the feet. He throws hooks from left field, um, extremely wild. And his aggressiveness has been the, res- you know, the reason why he's been so successful in MMA. Now, as you reach that next level in the UFC, when people are able to defend better or counter better, or they're not going to get finished so easily, you, that's when you see how fighters can deal with adversity. And yes, he's a, he's a finisher and he's just an absolute animal. Uh, He will get takedowns as well. He looks like a guy that shouldn't belong at this weight class. Like he, he cuts a good amount of weight, but I still look at him and I'm like, man, he looks like he should be at bantamweight a little bit like featherweight. He's a big guy, but I don't know. It just, he's going to have to lose some muscle mass if he wants to go to bantamweight. But with all that being said at the UFC level, it's a little bit difficult, especially when you start to fight these guys that are a little bit rangy, like a Bill Algeo. Um, Oddly enough, I like Bill Algio in the fight, just given his toughness. I, I think that um, he's game. Yes, he can get knocked down. Yes, he could get hurt. I just feel like it's very difficult to get rid of him. Um, tough to submit, tough to knock out. Uh, Joe Anderson Brito has skills in all areas. So I am interested to see him on the scale, first of all, and also see him debut in the UFC with octagon jitters and everything. It's just a lot for a debuting fighter. So, uh, yeah, th- this fight just, you know, screams fireworks to me. Uh, Bill Algio has accepted positions often in the UFC where he gets put on his back and that takedown defense looks extremely suspect. And that is something we don't like to see. But uh, man, anything I've seen from regional tape, you see Joannis and Brito getting reversed often and put in bad positions too from guys that I don't think are really on Bill Algio's level. 
Yeah, but this is one of those ones, uh, fights I'm looking at uh, potentially stacking. Saying mm-hmm. this fight does happen, I, I was just kind of looking on Twitter to see if there's anything uh, new information on that, uh, and the UFC hasn't put anything out there about Brito and that uh, inconclusive COVID test that came back yesterday. So we're just going to have to wait and see if this fight is going to happen, but it is a fight that I'm looking at. But uh, as I was looking at the lines earlier this week, Bill Algea was one of those under 8K options. I looked at it and said, you know what? Hmm. That's an interesting one. Calvin Cater was another one that that, that stuck out to me as well. Uh, speaking of UFC newcomers, Joseph Holmes going to be making his UFC debut here, and he is the favorite in this one, 8,600. Take it on Jamie Pickett, 7,600. I've had a chance to uh, to talk to Joseph a couple of times. Uh, nickname, Ugly Man. I don't know why you want that as your nickname, but that's your nickname. Uh, and the, the one of the more interesting things about him is he really wanted to change uh, train with James Krause. And so I remember I was doing an interview with them. This kind of comes up and I said, oh, because you're both represented by the same management company, you, you connected that way. He's like, no, nah, man, had no idea we were both represented by the same manager. He goes, I just slid in those DMs and asked James if I could come train at the gym. And James is like, come on down. That's awesome. And, yeah, and I mean, Jason Witt told me last week on my podcast that Joseph Holmes actually has been a key training partner for him for his upcoming fight because of the length that Joseph Holmes has because he has an 80-inch reach. That's interesting. That is interesting to me. Um, I'll say that Joseph Holmes is a is a, an unknown guy, right? Like a, a wild card just because you don't know how skills are going to translate into the UFC. And uh, he's fighting a guy in Jamie Pickett who – I'm not really impressed with either one of these guys. I do like the skill set of Holmes more than what I've seen from Pickett, but I have zero trust in this matchup. If I had to label this fight, this is the least trustworthy fight on the card. Like, I don't know what to expect because you have a guy with a massive frame in Joseph Holmes who seems somewhat green. Um, he just because he's green, just because he hasn't had to really deal with adversity. And it's been mm. largely against softer competition than what he's going yeah. to face in the UFC. Uh, he has good, good shots. So he, he really likes to throw straight shots, which is something I love to see basic punches, but uh, fundamental punches are extremely important for success. And the, a guy that likes to utilize his reach is extremely important for me. Jamie Pickett, more of a, a counter fighter with, you know, bursts of explosion where he will, you know, just come forward with aggressive combinations. It's the grappling, right? Joseph Holmes is a brown belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And when you combine that with the James Krause takedowns against the cage in James Krause's mm-hmm. system, like if James Krause ever came up with a, you know, a grappling for MMA DVDs set or something, it would be one of the most purchased you know, products out there because he really has such a, a unique style of chaining together takedowns, lacing the legs, outside trips, reaping the leg, all that good stuff. So I think that the combination of having a smart corner in addition to the the raw skills of Joseph Holmes could actually work out in his benefit. It's just, does it happen in his debut fight, right, Jason? Like Jamie Pickett surprised us. Like he surprised me. I didn't really think that he'd have a lot of success, uh, success against uh, Loriana Staropoli. He did. Staropoli really dropped the ball, did not look good. Um, you know, uh, Jamie Pickett can chain, against, chain together some takedowns. But I think that he's uh, a little reckless in some moments. And uh, you, you saw that an aggressive fighter can put him away in Jordan Wright. You lose to Jordan Wright, it's a bad look, in my opinion. I, I just don't really know what to, 
what to think of that. Yeah, he's aggressive and he has good striking. Um, losing to Charles Bird, who actually is a pretty solid jiu-jitsu competitor and pretty solid on the mat. Um, that's interesting to me. I do think that the length could pose some problems and that we could see uh, Joseph Holmes getting a submission here, but little to no faith in this matchup, Jason. I, I mean, if you want to just blindly put it in your lineups, I wouldn't have a problem with it. They're both affordable, 8,600, 7,600. I think the line's about right, to be honest. And uh, I'll be back in Holmes, but I kind of hate this fight. I feel like I've never gotten a Jamie Pickett fight right in the UFC. For whatever reason, at times I'm on him because I win. And when I'm not on him, he wins. Um, But I like what you said. I I do wonder with with Joseph Holm, is he a little too green Hmm. heading into this one? I mean, look, when he has fighting contender series, you know, you saw the facial expression he had when he didn't get the contract ends up having to go on to, uh, he ends up being on a fury car, which was a part of, the looking for a fight series, which I, I want to say debut within the last 24 hours on, on the UFC YouTube channel where uh, both uh, Joe Holmes and Trey Ogden, both off, trained by James Krause, ended up getting signed off that fight card. But yeah, it, it's just one of those ones of, you know, like, you know, that trust don't trust or just you're just you're unsure about them. This is one of those matchups there. Next up, we've got Court McGee taking on Brahima, 8,300 for McGee, 7,900 for Brahima. Um, Court McGee is another, you, you talk about trying to go to the decision a lot. That's Court McGee. Did I see the stat? 17 of his 18 UFC wins are via decision. It's pretty ridiculous. Like the guy has, I, I don't know, man. It's, it's kind of crazy. Like, how do you not even fall into some of these finishes? How do you not fall into a submission win? How do you not get lucky with a shot and and put somebody down and finish them? It's just weird to me, but I'm interested in this fight, man. I really am. I I really believe in Remis Brahimai. I I, I think that he has exceptional grappling, good top control, uh, good ground and pound, powerful strikes as well. This is a nice test against Court McGee because it's a staple within the division, a guy who has, you know, had inconsistent success in the UFC and is more of a, a fan favorite and a guy that, you know, a lot of people like to get behind and root for. I don't think that his skills are the same in 2022 that they once were. And I do think that decline will be pretty evident come Saturday. I think uh, Brahimai, you know, trading with some talented fighters, uh, Syed Awad, one of them. Uh, I, I really like that camp. I actually met Brahimai when, uh, when my friend fought Syed Awad. Um, I, I like him here at 7,900. I think that he just has exceptional wrestling and grappling. Court McGee is not the easiest person to take down. He's really not. Uh, he, he's pretty well-rounded, has, has skills everywhere. He's just not the most dangerous. But I will tell you that you can catch anybody off guard by hitting them with a quick blast double or pinning them to the cage and their you know, take down the fence against the cage. is just not really up to par. And I think that's where we're going to see the strength and power of Brahimai en route to, to a nice victory here. I think debuting against Max Griffin, hindsight's twenty twenty. I think that's more of a difficult fight than it is against Court McGee. The last time Court McGee won a fight via stoppage, we got to go back to 2010. That's crazy. 2010, Pete. I'm, I'm looking at UFC stats right here, and you look at method. You need a decision. You need a decision. I mean, decision. He got knocked out by Santiago Ponzinibbio back in 2016. That was the last time he had a fight that did not go the distance. And then prior to that, you got to go to 2010, a submission win arm triangle in a third round against Ryan Jansen. I mean, he has skills. Like he he is a a skilled wrestler, a skilled grappler, a skilled striker. 
Um, is he on the decline a little bit? And I happen to think that he is. I just don't, you know, the, the fight against Silva, he did look good in moments, but I think that was largely due to Silva just kind of accepting the fight for a paycheck coming in. Uh, obviously, Court McGee can get back up, and that's what we want, right? Like, we want him to get back up in hopes that Brahimai can, can chain together some more takedowns and take him to takedown city. I don't know if that happens in this matchup, but I'm telling you, I'm back in Brahimai. Um, just all in all, he's a prospect that I really like going forward. And uh, sometimes youth, you know, ends up, you know. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Getting rid of the, the talented veteran. Uh, of course, uh, we appreciate everyone that's tuning in here to the also MMA Strategy Show. Of course, when you want to get access to all the great premium tools and data, we have over awesome.com. You got to sign up for also plus weekly pass for $29.95. And of course, we've got a promo going on during the show. We use the promo code MMA Strategy Show. You get 25% off your first week of also plus platinum. If you're just looking for an also plus weekly pass, those start as low as $2.95. Stop guessing, start winning. Join also plus today. I'll be putting in my pro plays a little bit later on today uh do you want to see that kevin croom uh number come in here where his salary's at to where i'm going to go there and of course so uh, i'm sure we'll get the FanDuel salaries at some point yeah who knows <laughs> at some point <laughs> who knows yeah yeah at some point we'll, we'll get those uh salaries in there let's move on we got two more matchups here left to talk about before we get into samuel super chat plus we'll get into our straight up picks for this one charles rosa against tj brown of course brown was supposed to take on benitez uh this is pete this is going to be a, a hard fight not to look at because of the salaries here 7100 for tj brown 6800 for charles rosa charles rosa talk about using leverage here says he'd fight to poor you who's looking for a new opponent for next week they said hey how about we give you tj brown and he got a new four fight deal out of it you gotta use your leverage when you can't hear Charles Rosa, this is a guy, win-loss, win-loss, rinse-repeat. He's coming off a loss. Maybe he's due. But the thing that concerns you about Charles Rosa is the fact of you know James Krause is going to sit there and tell T.J. Brown, take this dude down. He'll just play jujitsu off his back, and you're not going to be in too much danger. Yeah, I, I agree. And that's the problem with Charles Rosa is just being on his back, accepting a position, um, having a tricky guard. In believing in the guard so much that you're losing rounds and losing minutes. And anytime you're on your back in MMA and you don't find a finish, you're losing. Uh, you're, you're eating shots. You're on the bottom end of control time, which is not good. You are getting dominated in the judge's mind. 
especially if you're not throwing, you know, damaging shots off of your back. He has incorporated some of that over time, but I will tell you that his kryptonite seems to be strong wrestlers, right? Strong wrestlers that can maintain top position, uh, a Bryce Mitchell, a Derek Minner, um, you know, a Damon Jackson. So if there's any positives to take out of this for Charles Rosa is that he's fought plenty of guys that are going to try to do the same exact thing that TJ Brown is going to look to do on Saturday. It's just a matter of, has he made adjustments? Is he training hard? Uh, is he training consistently? Being in shape is one thing. Being in fight shape is completely different animal. And a lot of people don't really understand that. But if a guy could fall into a wonky, weird, Hail Mary type of submission, it's Charles Rosa throwing up something off of his back, whether it's a leg lock or a triangle or a sneaky arm bar. He's done it on the regional scene. Uh, he's been on, you know, been in bad positions in the, on the regional scene and somewhat turned the tide by, by finding a sneaky arm bar off of his back. I do think that TJ Brown having James Krause a part of the camp, even though if it's not full-time, is important. Um, also having TJ Brown working with the Bryce Mitchell, uh, you know, and a guy that knows mm -hmm. how to beat a Charles Rosa is also beneficial to him. TJ Brown, though, seems like he has mental lapses throughout his fights, whereas he's so aggressive, he throws caution to the wind, he gets put in situations, his fight IQ is not the best. So it's tough to back a guy who has been extremely inconsistent and has a lot of similarities to Derek Minner, which that's not a compliment. I'm saying about like how they, they find themselves ways to lose. They, they, they lose the fights instead of getting beaten. Um, I think TJ Brown, if he can refine his technique, could actually be pretty successful because I always thought that he has some, some good skills. I'll be picking TJ Brown in the matchup, but next to no faith, well, you know, based on his, his history of fight IQ. And of course, uh, a note uh, that is this is going to be a matchup at 155 pounds. Also, as Samuel mentioned, it's going to be Chalk City because of yeah. the salaries in this one, which I mean, look, you want to get a little different. Maybe you get away from this fight. You know, you, you're, you're just well under the field in terms of ownership in this one. Then our final fight, Brian Kelleher versus Kevin Krub. Uh Brian Kelleher does have a price point in DraftKings of 7,500. We do not have a price point on Kevin Kroom. Kevin Kroom taking this matchup yesterday. I've not seen what weight class this fight's going to be taking place at. Featherweight, I would I imagine it's going to be feather, Featherweight. Yeah, I, I think I think I read something that said featherweight. Um, you know, look, I, I think for Kevin Kroom, he's uh look, you're familiar with this guy. This guy's been yeah. around the regional scene for you know, he he's fought, you know, he'll fight anyone. Uh four days notice here. I, I do wonder, uh, you know, can he stay away from that Keller Hurt guillotine? It's interesting, right? I, I'm interested in this fight. Uh you have Kevin Kroom at five eleven with a seventy a seventy-three inch reach against Brian Kelleher who is 5'6 with a 64-inch reach. So massive, massive reach advantage for Kevin Kroom. Um, this is a guy that really likes to strike on the feet and was basically known as a banger throughout MMA gyms. Uh, when anybody that was you know training with him or whatnot, the kid likes to scrap. And in a lot of his fights, he'll throw caution to the wind and he'll put together great combinations. Uh, he needs to be a little bit more fundamental in a, in a fight like this against Brian Kelleher, who I think should have an advantage despite the massive reach disadvantage in this fight. I like the power out of Kelleher. I like the combinations too. I think that his power makes him a live fighter, no matter what this, how the fight's going. Um, but it's a sneaky jujitsu. That's really the difference maker for me. And Kevin Kroom will like to, you know, clinch up, incorporate some takedowns, gets a little lazy, leaves his neck out there at times. And you have seen throughout, you know, his resume that he's able to get submitted from triangles, guillotines, rear naked chokes, 
and get TKO'd as well. So this is not going to be an easy fight, despite, you know, stepping up on short notice and Brian Kelleher having a full camp. But I do favor Brian Kelleher here still, despite the, you know, the massive reach disadvantage. So I think Kelleher gets it done. Kroom's got to avoid submission attempts and he'll have a better shot on the feet than if it hits the mat. Of course, coming up next here at awesome.com is going to be NHL strategy shows. Guys, get you ready for tonight's NHL slate. We've got a couple of questions to get into, but before we get to that, let's get to our straight up fight picks. Uh, main event, uh, Calvin Cater, Giga Chikadze. Oh, man. Heart says one thing, brain says the other. I'm going to go with the brain. Give me Giga Chikadze. I'll go Jay okay. Collier, Brand Roy Val, Caitlin Chikagian. Uh, I'll go, uh, Pete's kind of convinced me on Dakota Bush. So I'm, I'm getting, you know, Pete tends to do this on, on the show here. Uh, I'll go, uh, Bill Algeo. Give me uh Joseph Holmes. I'll go, uh, Brahima. I'll go Brown and I will go Kelleher. Okay. Okay. Um, can't blame me on the main event, but I am going to go with Cater, uh, Jay Collier, Brandon Royville, Chukagian, Dakota Bush, Bill Algeo, Joseph Holmes, Ramiz Brahima, TJ Brown, and Brian Kelleher. Uh, before we get into uh, Samuel's super chat, I want to mention a question we got over uh, in Discord a little earlier from Sam. He says, "What are your favorite DFS contests across the industry?" Uh, Samuel, um, I, I really love playing twenty max, three max. I like the multiplier contests over on DraftKings as well. A uh, great way to kind of build up your bankroll there. Um, over prize picks, I really like to look at those takedowns landed numbers. I think sometimes you can find uh, a, a good number to play there. Yeah. Um... You know, it's a matter of just knowing your strength. And I think single entry for MMA, if you if you take a safer approach, you know, you don't necessarily play for upside, but you play a little bit safer. I think that it could be profitable. Um, MMA is very, very difficult. So a 20 max makes sense. 150 max even makes more sense. But uh, obviously, you got to pump out some more money for that. But, you know, three maxes are nice because it, it you know, allows your your opponents to really only have three lineups and you know, if you're knowledgeable, listen to the show, you get some solid picks and uh, you could definitely be profitable with that as well. Of course, Samuel over there in the super chat. Uh, so he's got, uh, we'll first off top two cash. The top two cash for me would probably be. It's an ugly card to say cash, Ooh, man. Um, what the hell do you do with that? I might go call your royal. Yeah, uh, that would probably be right up there. I mean, they, but there's not there's not that one that you just feel uber confident with. No. I do like getting the Calvicator cash, though. That's a great point because of the salary. It just yeah. it's so, so cheap. Uh, favorite GPP plays. Um, I think you got to look at that Holmes and Pickett fight, just very volatile fight there at, at middleweight. And uh, I would look at Kelher and Kroom as uh, another fight to target GPP. Okay, I like the Bush Borshev fight. Um, I think that's interesting, and uh, that Royville Bontarine man, that pace is going to be bananas. Uh, underdogs a target to me. Uh, you know, uh, maybe looking at those as champions as well. Uh, to me, I'm looking at Algeo, Bush, and Cater. Yeah, I like that. Um, I'm going to go with. I don't. I really don't even understand how Brahima is an underdog. It makes no sense to me. I guess just because he's fighting a guy who is a UFC staple, but I think the trajectory of Brahima is up and the decline of Cart McGee. So I'll say Brahima is my favorite under eight thousand. And then after that, I start looking at you know, Cater, T.J. Brown, Kelleher, something like that. 
Uh, when it comes to favorite inside the distance fights, I see a lot of decisions on this card. Uh, but I would kind of label out some of the fights I just mentioned. Kelher, Kroom, Pickett, Holmes, um, and Royville Bontornian is another one I would look at. I, I would agree with that. I'm interested to see what your what your take is on how many finishes. Because say we have these 10 fights. What are you doing? What's the line? Sam has set his number at two and a half. Two and a half, Sam. Bro, you're... Sam. I would set the number at four and a half. Yeah, I'd say more. Two and a half, bro. If he was a bookie, he'd be getting crushed. <laughs> uh, favorite uh, punts or fades? Uh, punt play, I mean, Calvin Cater has got to be a 6,900. Has to be. I think another punt play that he's done it time and time again, despite the volatility, would be a Charles Rosa throwing up a Hail Mary from his back. But, uh, man, he gets controlled way too often. I'm telling you, he's got sneaky jiu-jitsu. Anytime you submit Manny Bermudez, People don't know who Manny Bermudez is. If you're from New England, you know who he is. That's a sneaky, sneaky win. I mean, I would say this maybe more of a, a GPP fade, maybe Kalen just because of how does she rack up the points in a decision win? How many strikes has she got to throw to be optimal? It might make lineup construction even easier if you just cross that fight off. That might be something I might do is just say, hey, I don't think they're really going to get over 85 fantasy points. I'm okay with getting away from it, but every now and then you see fighters get it, get a takedown, a, a couple of takedowns more than you thought a knockdown or two that really elevates their score. But I'm okay with getting away from that fight, to be honest. Of course. So we're back here on Saturday live before lock. I want to say we're on 1230 PM each time there on Saturday, get you ready for UFC Vegas. Number 46. Appreciate everyone tuning in to the also strategy show. Of course, uh, as you leave the show, leave a thumbs up. Uh, of course, you have to subscribe also right here on YouTube. Do that as well. Coming up next is the NHL strategy show. So stay tuned here. Those guys get you ready for tonight's NHL. Slate. So that's going to do it for us. We will talk to you on Saturday on live before lock. Have a good day, everybody. Thanks, guys. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, only by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.